good evening and welcome to the latest edition of Top Shelf Nerds, brought to you by That's Not Canon Productions. And this evening we once again have myself, Buck, joined by the DJ Hello. and the Professor. So, um, first up this evening, um, sad news is Stephen Hawking. Um, yeah, Professor, do you want to lead us on this one? Okay. So a day or two ago, uh, Stephen Hawking, 78, I believe. 76. Up to 76, which more than 50 years longer than his prognosis. It'll be interesting if um, I remember a few years back reading that some study he planned out how he lived so long when he had disease. I wonder if he decided to his body. Hmm, be interesting. Um, I'm going to put down to sheer stubbornness and so forth. <laughs> yep. Um, my, well, that's it. Like, my father was told he was going to be in a wheelchair back years and years ago. Um, yeah, he was told he was going to be in a wheelchair within five years. Um, 30 years later, he's only just gone into a wheelchair. So peak-headed, peak-headedness and stubbornness do have some pretty remarkable health benefits. Yes, and related to that, the game EVE Online, that would have held a uh, memorial for him. Because hmm. uh, Hawking was huge into this sort of faster than light travel physics as well as mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, so players have created a memorial in a player on cemetery and held a basically a fireworks thing off sino flares which um light up light up the sky bright stars so players got together and held a memorial where they would set off those and nobody decided to take the opportunity to kill anyone uh, it's, it's like the day of rest yeah the players are even line respectful when it comes to that though yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he, I think he's touched. I think the beauty of Stephen Hawking is he has he has touched a lot of people intellectually with with, with his works. Like he has touched a lot of people. Like even through his even through the tough times, like he has inspired a lot of scientists and intellectuals to discover new theories, new technologies, new wonders of the universe. And him passing leaves a huge vacuum, a very huge vacuum. Mm-hmm. And like now with now with Hawking passing away, who's gonna carry the mantle? Uh, sure, someone will emerge. Um, there's always different people. Like he he's the latest incarnation of the science science guru that replaced Albert Einstein, who replaced myriad others. Um, cream always seems to come to the top and is recognised. Okay, and how about they all all the, here's one thing that has to be noted though. All the top science people that we all know and love and have contributed the most mm-hmm. all have great senses of humor. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Einstein apparently used to play practical jokes. Um, Stephen Hawking used to run over people with his wheelchair. <laughs> um, I remember, remember seeing a thing with him on the red carpet somewhere where he ran over someone's toes because they'd been... Given him a bit of it was a hard Jim time. Carey. Jim Carrey, that was it. Sorry about that interruption. Um, just a dinner call from the drunk football fans from upstairs. Ah, oh, did they bring you some pizza? No, I've got to go oh. upstairs to get my food. Ah, oh, okay. but okay. How about Neil? How about guys we know, like Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson, for example? Well, I don't know that Neil deGrasse Tyson has Stephen Hawking. Mm. But he has the and same. Not, like, it's, oh, it, it's more than just the sense of humor it's also like the science like the, the love and the passion of science that hawking and einstein had is what made them so great the humor was just yeah it, it's just part of who they are yeah um 
I'm just looking here at one of Hawking's quotes. Uh, my advice to other disabled people would be concentrate on things your disability doesn't prevent you doing and don't regret the things it interferes with. Don't be disabled in spirit as well as physically. Now, that, that's come from a guy who's been stuck in a wheelchair and needing a computer to be able to talk to people. Yeah. And as I was saying, like, like as I said, that um, Hawking's passing leaves a huge volume, uh, leaves a huge vacuum, in, sorry, uh, in a sense where we don't have someone to take over. And how, like, how about we, how about Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye, for example, those two? You reckon they'll take his mantle? No, I think Bill Nye's passed his prime. His new show was nowhere near as popular as stuff. And, and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's no one for hard to work with. And Bill Nye's not a scientist on the same level as Hawking with research and so forth. Yeah, but they be, but they're really, but they touch people. Well, not literally, but they touch I people. You get in trouble for that. <laughs> but they touch people in a sense where, like, social media and with through social media and whatnot. Like Tyson, Neil deGrasse Tyson goes on his YouTube appearances, and Bill Nye does has his Netflix specials. And always appear and appears on social now and then. Uh -huh. But uh, b being being that being said though, Stephen Hawking is also quite a celebrity in a sense. He's been on countless TV shows, and mm -hmm. uh, my favorite event, my favorite part of Stephen Hawking was when his appearance on The Big Bang Theory, when Sheldon Cooper um, submitted a paper to Hawking, and Hawking says, "There's a boo boo in page two. and Sheldon goes, "Oh gosh, golly, I made a boo boo." And I did it in front of Stephen Hawking, and he f and Sheldon fainted. Yeah. Um. Honestly, there's this, there's so many different bits and pieces about Stephen Hawking. Um. They just yeah. He he's not going to be easily. He's never going to be forgotten, and he's not going to be easily replaced. Nah. No like, when. Um. Yeah. He used to joke about the fact that the downside of his celebrity is he can't go anywhere in the world without being recognised. And because of who he is, he can't just wear dark glasses and a wig. The wheelchair gives him away. Yeah. And the voice. And the voice. Well, he could probably change the voice a bit, but... but yeah, well, program that... it with uh, Microsoft Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. Like, he, he will be remembered for a very, very long time. He'll be... Mm -hmm. he'll be... And I think his legacy lives on. His legacy will live on forever and ever. And I don't know whether you guys saw the movie The Theory of Everything. Uh, I think no, I did too. I, I never got around to it. That was a that was a beautiful biography of Hawking right there. That is that the one with um Benedict Cucumber Patch? <laughs> no, no, that's it's uh Eddie Redmayne. It's the one with Eddie Redmayne as Stephen Hawking. Okay, you leave Cucumber Patch out of this. <laughs> he's he, he's got to go make a salad. You mean cr <laughs> you mean Crumpet Patch? No, no, no. We're not asking for your date from last night. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, man. you gotta gotta have respect for Hawking on another level as well. Um, yeah, he was being interviewed back in 2011, I think it was, and yeah, he was saying, "I've lived with the prospect of an early death for the last 49 years. I'm not afraid of death, but I'm not not in any hurry to die. I have so much I want to do first. Mm. So, yeah, as we said, just there was too much science to do, too many other things to be to be focused on. His I'm just I'm just looking at some of the um the some of the quotes from some of the stuff from Hawking and wow he like I said his legacy will be forgotten I wish I I I think they'll build like a statue in his honor around around where he lived isn't there already a statue about him somewhere probably 
Probably, probably not. But like I said, he is a great man. Was lost one one of its titans. Uh, Anything else you want to add on that, Professor? Um, I have had a look. Yeah, there is actually a statue of him, but uh, I don't know what else to add. Okay. Yeah, I remember seeing something about a statue of him. Um, wasn't it? Isn't it on top of the guild hall or something? I'm not sure. I'm mean, for the article. Yeah, it's a statue. A statue on the top of the guild hall at Cambridge or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty, yeah. pretty intense and special because that's one of the longest, most respected places of study. Apparently, they're thinking of making a a third a tra- one of the train stations named in his honor. Okay. okay so um, I remember, I think it was late last year. His original uh, doctoral, I'm sure is uh, I haven't, but I'm sure it's very to science. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so long, Hawking, and may your travels continue. May your legacy inspire. Um, in other news, um, I, was, I saw an article about the NVIDIA technology conference. I'm not sure if you guys have seen anything about that at all. I haven't. It was announced. Um, I'll just, it's something I've never actually heard about it before, but it's um, it came up um, when I, was, I heard about the Intel developer forum collapse. So they, that's no longer happening, but yeah, the NVIDIA's GPU Technology Conference has become the strongest event to showcase the near, near-term future of technology, where they al- allow small-focused startups to pitch their ideas and compete for a significant cash prize. Okay, so it's a general tech announcement thing. No, it's NVIDIA runs it and sponsors it to help generate new technology. Okay. Um, Big news this year was one company was well along the way to create an electronic human machine interface with big implications for prosthetics. Oh, that'll be get done. I know it's uh, been in the works for 10 or 15 years, designed many years ago that uh, could hook into some processing, but it's always been a bit clunky slow. So it'll be interesting if this is a direct how well it will work. Mm. Um, apparently some of the people that are involved with... Um, the Inception Conference, or I think it's called, or the Inception Event, which is the startup presentations, is Cisco, um, Morpheus Labs. Oh, there's some ooh, Ghost Robotics. Um, yeah, we were talking the other we were talking the other week about the um, Boston Dynamics robot. Yeah, costing upwards of one hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. Ghost Robotics has a platform that costs about one tenth that amount. No way. No, there and no- providing capability in a smaller offering that would be far closer to something that could be sold in volume. And it's a four-legged robot that can even handle uneven surfaces and climb steep inclines. Oh, Boston Dynamics has some competition now. And I got to... The Robot Wars. I got to <laughs> say, I like the name of the company too, Ghost Robot. <laughs> I'm just looking at the article here. It's saying um, higher reliability... Uh, and greater intelligence. Mm. Uh, this would make a far more interesting robotic dog to ca- terrorize your cat. <laughs> I like that idea already. <laughs> You're not a, not a cat person, Bucky? Um, I don't mind cats, but I'm just thinking more along the lines of a robotic dog to chase away the door-to-door salespeople. <laughs> can, can, we, can we expect to see canine running around the front yard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
if it, if if, it, if, it, if the outer body is made from the Doctor Who canine um model, I'm all for it. Well, the classic that one, was, not the new one. From- yeah, unfortunately, the original one was on wheels. Well, it's just a remote control car with the body set on top. Yeah, but and this one of getting stuck. So with the with the four legs, it's going to be a bit more. Um, oh, what was that movie with the? It was a movie I remember seeing with robot a robot chasing after some people and had four legs. Um, yeah, it will come to me later on tonight. I'm Hopefully. just thinking it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. But um, I, I just think this um this whole co- I think so those are the winners. Well, or are they the there's a there's a list like looking in different areas. So there's like AI, computer vision, um, there's medical stuff. So there's you using um AI research as part of imaging systems for MRI to re- reduce the substantially the time it takes for the imaging to be generated stuff like that so it's right across the whole thing so that, that bio augmentation systems so it's actually pretty impressive um don't know how i've actually missed this one it's one of those things you like to have a look at with a lot of the bits and pieces that are happening i would like to imagine imagine the with the bio with the bio augmentation system can you imagine transferring your consciousness to to android later in later on well we're just hoping we can transfer an intelligence into you um <laughs> looking at some of the stuff on the bio augmentation they're looking at trying to reduce the cost of a exoskeleton style system from fifty thousand foot to well under five thousand and cheaper um which is pretty good i've actually seen some exoskeletons where that allow people who are stuck in wheelchairs to actually be able to get up and walk around so that, that'd be a good thing oh, so yeah. i'm looking at it here as well so i can create mental faces to machines like fighter jets exoskeleton remote robots and even potentially operate body parts remotely like physical therapy for coma victim or low long distance space travelers and partial stasis what was that that was me dropping something. But yeah, this I wish they bring it now. They should they should bring it now just to Well, I think they've they've got some of the stuff happening. They're just trying to make it a little bit more user friendly and reduce the cost involved. Yeah, that's the big thing the cost. Yeah. yeah. And not to mention it's, the law. Well, the law the law isn't going to be as much of a problem to overcome. It's more the actual physical cost of a lot of these things. Um even the ethical side of it well if it's most of these people are very ethical people like the amount of amount of hoops you gotta jump through for scientific research these days is absolutely insane yeah um i know at my university um well i was talking with someone and they were looking at research into support networks for people considering suicide and stuff like that it's been before the panel been reviewed for the ethics for over eight months so that's that's just to get the initial panel to ask what are your support networks for people at risk i was a guinea pig in a study for uh game development a couple of times one study was artificial intelligence pcs and the other study was measuring your stress response and develop more fun and even those you had to fire sign all of the uh, yeah documents well, I know when I did my undergrad, I actually had to conduct some experimental research for a number of different things. And I actually had to 
we actually had to have stuff that was put before the review by the ethics commission ethics panel at the university before we could do it and that was just a like in one case it was a simple um questionnaire survey and there were, there were no, there was no recording of who the person was it was just the details and that was a month and a half before the review panel so yeah the the level of ethics involved in research these days pretty stringent do you reckon this will ha- do you reckon all this will hamper hamper the um the efforts of these companies what the ethics yeah no because all it makes them do is look at what they're doing to make sure that they're doing it for the right reason so it's it's a lot of the stuff for the ethics is about the manner of experimentation that sort of thing so as long as they're not jeopardizing somebody's safety and well-being there's not likely to be too many issues with ethics yeah yeah. easy easy way to look at ethics is if you were doing this and your mum found out about it is she is she (laughs) going to slap you up the side of the head and send you to bed without supper sort of thing which is, is one of the phrases i remember hearing when looking at ethics from one of my university lectures and it's it's stuck with me like if if what you were doing appeared on the front page of the newspaper, would you be embarrassed? <laughs> are, you, are you are you breaking the law? And if your mum found out about it, would you be in trouble? <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a good analogy. So if if you feel confident in those areas, then you can take it before the review panel without too much stress. But if you if you have any hesitation in response to any of it, go back and look at what you're doing. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. So yeah, no, it's this this um article, this showing about this conference, I'm just absolutely blown away. Um yes. So moving on to our next topic, nanoparticles improving vision. I think it was you, wasn't it, Professor? Talking a about yeah. that one. So this article is about an Israeli re- an Israeli re- who have developed a technique to correct your vision in a procedure you can perform at home. You take an image of your eye and then use a laser to basically burn channels, cornea, and then apply some eye drops containing nanoparticles, which will fill in the gaps and form the perfect lens shape so that you see clearly. Okay. Um, I happen to be out of stock on my lasers at the moment. (laughs) Um, Is there a particular one that they want us to use? Um, The article doesn't say anything. Well, what later it is. I'm just... the, the tests, uh, it, the procedure is a lot safer than regularly because you're doing minimal existing tissue. Wait, but laser oh. eye surgery has ni- a 99% success rate though. Yes, but because it's a milder treatment, it's still safer. You can do it at home. You need to go in and be effectively blind. But if you go into a hospital environment, you've got someone waiting on your hand and foot in the bed, so you don't have to get up and get your dinner and so forth. You've got someone else there to do all that. That's half the yeah. joy of going to hospital. Well, actually, it's pretty much the only joy of going to hospital. <laughs> that <laughs> and the nurses. Great. That I'm, and the I'm, nurses. Actually, I have to disagree with you on the food part. Um, yeah, my dad spent time in hospital at Christmas, not just gone, but the year before. And they actually had barramundi. Oh, nice. So I was, I was actually quite jealous. He had the choice of barramundi and... Um, sirloin steak and stuff like that so i thought 
I might I actually offered to swap places and he could go home and I was staying in his bed. <laughs> um, sit, sitting in an air conditioned room with a nice view and a menu like that, I was yeah, I was quite happy to stay there. <laughs> and I generally hate hospitals. Oh, uh, but yeah, this this thing it's procedure. But they're not talking about the resolution on the of the quality for the smartphone's camera. Yeah, so, there'll probably be requirements because that's yeah. going to have a massive impact. Like the the quality of the the image is going to. Let me right. um, yeah, the quality of the image produced is going to have a direct impact on the quality of the the surgery, so to speak. Presumably, they will limit you models that are verified cameras, though. Yeah, but like, don't get me wrong. I love the idea. Looking at this I'm again, it might not actually. Very... No, no, they're saying smartphones. Yeah, but uh, it could be the sort of thing where you look at the display and touch where you think you see. Okay, just looking looking through some of the details on the article now. What the, what stri- uh, strikes me about it is going to be how they are going to deal with the age. Are they going to? Is it going to be like a certain age? They're going to use this procedure, or are they going to? Well, I can't see any actual limitations on age at the moment. I don't think there's any reason why. You could... Um, at present, the ex- experiments have only been conducted ex vivo and not in vivo. Mm. Um, for those who don't understand technical talk, in vivo is in life with the person, and ex vivo is on dead people, dead things. So that's pig eye. Yes. Well, that they're the closest you get to a human. So yeah, genetically, that's. They're more white mice, and as far as the eyes are concerned, the pigs are closer. Um, they could have used chimpanzees because they're close as well. Yeah, but it's um, then you get into the ethical issues as well. Ah, right. Chimpanzees are regarded as higher. But it's also when you look at the um, genetic structure, the genetic structure of the eyes of a pig are actually closer to human than some of the chimpanzees. Yeah. Um, there's unless you're looking at like the Calabos monkey. Most chimpanzees have got a, a, a bit bigger, definite, bigger stretch in the DNA comparison than the pig does to a human being. It probably also helps that it's relatively easy pigs compared. Yeah, I agree with it. Yeah, because pigs are too many pigs. But uh, mm-hmm. with the, with this um, procedure, do you reckon the cost? Do you reckon this will um, hike up the cost of having laser eye surgery, or do you reckon it will just decrease the cost of laser eye surgery as it is? And it'd probably reduce the cost because it's making yeah. it easier for them to do it. Well, it's um a different procedure. Going in for the full permanent of a laser eye surgery will, I suppose, it'll get cheaper because it's a petition. This temporary but still weak treatment. Well, I don't know if it'd be temporary because you're actually using a laser to carve channels into the eye. The article says that because it's uh, such a mild procedure. Okay. Hmm. So this be one to watch. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, they didn't say anything about lifespan for this whole procedure, so yeah, you might be right. This will it be one every, every few months. Hey. Oh, you have people going for their. You have some of those ladies going for their botox. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Injections and I, I, I wash. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a... I'm just looking at some of the article here. They're hoping to move into in vivo tests within a year. So that'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder how I would like to see this. I would like to see this in Australian shores pretty soon. Well, it's still got to get through all the initial testing and development back over yep. in Israel. So yeah. Um. Now let's see what we got. We got Bill Gates and his bioweapons. Yeah. So what uh, what Bill what's and happening? Melinda Gates came out at the uh, South by Southwest convention to announce that. One of their biggest fears is bioweapons and bioterrorism. Okay, I can yeah. understand that. Well, with the recent, with what happened recently in England, it's understandable. Well, well, that was in Hervey. But what they're worried about is that bioweapons are extremely available. Yeah. Hmm. There's also the, the the tailoring to specific DNA and targeting with some of it as well is getting a little bit kind of scary. Yeah, there's um, a great book by Frank Herbert about a bio called The White Plague. Basically, okay. the scientist has his wife and uh, children IRA, mm. so he creates a virus that will only kill children and women because he wants everyone to feel the pain he feels of his family. That's one way of bending the human race. Yep. <laughs> Spiteful, but <laughs> but fair. But yeah, the so... um, with all these like the outbreaks that um, DJ was talking about, we've got the recent outbreaks of Zika and Ebola. Yep. Um, I would hate to see a combination of those being merged and aeros- and, and, com- and converted to an aerosol delivery system. Yeah, the great thing about, well, <clears throat> I say great thing, weird way to put it, but the great thing about a lot of Ebola is that they're relatively hard to see. Hmm. But the question would be, uh, will the vaccines be available by then? Because when the Ebola hit in Africa, there was people, were pa- it was mass panic. It was just mass panic. Well, um, the reality is, is even with the vaccines, you you don't have a great chance of surviving with Ebola. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of those things that if you get it, it's you're, you're in a very small group if you do survive. It's like the bubonic plague back in the day that wiped out a massive section of the population, and the pandemic of 19, 1918 with the influenza. Um, yeah. And even bubonic plague is one of those ones that's fairly spread in unsanitary because of little fleas, rats. Yeah. And uh, yeah. luckily, it's a rat that aren't as common anymore, but it uh, it does still exist. Really nasty. If that got back in circulation, or even uh, smallpox confirmed to in labs. Hmm. Well, the other thing you also have to wonder is, um, as I'm reading this article, it's also about the terrorists when they get their hands of it. I'm, and I'm just thinking about the subway attack that helped that happened in Japan. Years ago, uh, yeah. so that I was wondering. Was, uh... Yeah, that was a nerve agent again. Um, that's the reason why I was saying about the aerosol delivery system for Ebola and Zika. Um, the fact that they aren't contractable by an aerosol manner is one of the only blessings about them. If they were contractable in an aerosol delivery system, um, yeah, you could wipe out quite a large percentage of the population of the planet. 
Yeah, but what other vectors could they use though? Like besides aerosol, like they could use. Could they use it? Could they pollute through the water supply, or could they pollute it through? No, not for no. those. Um, aerosol would be easiest, and then you would just. I, I remember reading a reading a book about this once. Um, yeah, setting it off at airports because oh, you yeah, have people. That's all right. Are you okay? Yeah, computer doing. We might be scaring it. We yeah. might need to move on to another topic if it they're scaring like the computer. Um, <laughs> what were you saying about aerosols? Oh, um, I was just saying about how um, it would be a reap. Imagine if it if these weapons get into the hands of a terrorist. And my um, I initially thought my mind flashed back to the uh, subway attacks in Japan. Yeah, which... um, ship sarin. Yeah. yeah. And that was that was a nerve agent, so that was created to be spread in an aerosol manner. It and was I was just saying, if Zika and Ebola were weaponized into an aerosol delivery system, that would that could just be spent spelling out the end of the world. Yeah, because you could plant canisters in airports in the US and Europe, and yeah, you well, have imagine. so many so many thousands of people going through the airports on a daily basis that. You would spread it around the world very quickly, and you kill off a fairly sizable percentage of the population. Or imagine—I know this may sound like a weird scenario—imagine uh, spraying a couple of canisters to a farmland, to like corn or. But wheat. if it's aerosol, it's not going to—it's not going to be an issue. Yeah, that's not how that works. It dies off. Hmm. Oh, okay. It needs to be in a, a Ling host compatible. So, like I was saying about McFlags, hmm. the uh, rats that carry McFlag are less common now because they're outcompeted by other rats. Sorry about that, folks. Yeah, um, shortly. But yeah, uh, so, it, so yeah, I, I think you're right. The aerosols are a perfect would form be, of... Would, yeah, but Ebola's a bloodborne pathogen, so spreading it on wheat isn't... It's just going to die. It's not going to sit stagnant and wait oh it's not going to be dormant oh unless no. they time lock it unless they put it into a time a time lock and put you into a time lock some <laughs> yeah, um, depends on the virus or bacteria but some of them can form yeah, yeah. but that's not likely to happen with um ebola because it's a bloodborne yeah. pathogen you it, it's not likely to be able to be maintained in that posi- position but moving on to something a little bit happier and less confronting and is not going to get us being raided by the CIA and NSA, NSA and so forth, which we we do hope that they continue to leave the DJ alone. <laughs> and I hope that if they watch our podcast, they enjoy it. Yes, we, we know that they're listening. Um, yeah, moving on to something a bit more fun. Um, Fantastic Beasts. I've got a new movie. There's a new movie coming out for that. And it's The Crimes of... Grind- Grindelwald trailer is coming out pretty soon with the release of the movie. Oh, oh. Is, it's, uh, already it's already out, out is it? Yeah. There's a new yeah. trailer coming out, though, apparently. Um, just trying to. I had the release date here just the other minute. And just... I believe it's uh, November 16th for the full movie. Of the... That's, yeah, I was thinking it's November. I just can't see the actual yep. date. Uh, we muggles will get to return to Hogwarts when Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, Arrives in UK cinemas on 16th of November. Okay. Another little side note on that is apparently there's a pub open in England that has got a Harry Potter theme. So this will be interesting. Another yeah. another Harry Potter another Harry Potter movie. 
Oh. Well, no, no, no. This this is pre Harry Potter. Yeah, this is about the events that happened uh, seventy years before in series. Mm. And from what I can understand, in the new movie, they're going to be having an introduction to Dumbledore. Yeah, Dumbledore's sort of original appearance as a, a fairly young man in the in the Harry Potter series years old, correctly. Mm. Apparently. Correct me if I'm wrong, I've heard, heard a rumour Jude Law is apparently going to play the part of the young Dumbledore. Yeah. That could be interesting. Well, he is yeah. a very accomplished actor. I think he's ah, I, I like him. I've seen some criticism that they're picking big name actors to fill in. They have the money to do it in a Asimodi series because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they use them. Well, they have Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, and some people were sort of interested if the, they're picking. Well, I have to say, Johnny Depp's a pretty good method actor in a lot of ways. Like, I think he's a method actor, but he always seems to embrace his character and really go after it pretty well. And interestingly... I feel like I've only ever seen him play his, um, uh, the character from Pirate, Captain Jack. I feel like he's only a character in Pirate movie. No, he, he's... I've seen him in a lot of different movies, and, yeah, he's, he's a subtle approach to a lot of it. And they, a lot of people are typecasting him into that sort of character more. But he does have the breadth. And he's a very, as I said, very subtle. So hopefully hopefully he'll do it well. Jude Law, I have almost no reservations about for his part. And interestingly, guys, uh, Eddie Redmayne, he, the guy who he also played with Stephen Hawking, is also in this movie as well. Yes, the Viscount uh, Matt Smith. Mm. That's all I could think watching the first Fantastic Book, just like Matt. <laughs> he even seemed to get some of the, the mannerisms from Matt Smith. Ah, well. Um, do, you yes. be, do, you re- do you reckon this will be a good movie? Because I've heard uh, uh, from the first movie, people were like, eh, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, but you kind of get that about every movie. There's always, there's one thing you can be guaranteed about in life other than death and taxes is there's always going to be a whinging, complaining know-it-all about everything especially when a prequel which loves it yeah it's like wasn't there wasn't there a um petition you mentioned to me once there dj about some people trying to get the force disney awakens. to remove the force awakens from the star wars series oh yes oh yes there was a there, there was a petition i don't and, know how many you, you, you were telling me at the time there was apparently 80 something thousand people had signed it yeah, I haven't seen. I'm a, I should go back to check out how many people there, there, they, they've taken it now. So it'll be interesting. So eight, but eighty thousand people out of a world population of seven point seven billion. I don't think Disney's really going to pay much attention to them. Yeah, it's made them their money. They don't care. And everyone else is enjoying the movie. There's too many self-indulged. Yeah, I better just stop there. Oh, okay. I've okay. So I've gone to the page now. A hundred thousand at six hundred thousand six hundred and six people have now signed it. Yep. So how many tickets has it sold? Uh, it's 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 rising. It's going up as well. Yeah, but how many tickets has the movie sold? I think it sold more than a hundred thousand in the first hour. Yeah. yeah. So even if that many people signed, it's still a tiny everyone who's. I know, man. I I. I... I still have my reservations about The Last Jedi. I've, I've, I've rant on for a few dozen minutes about it, but we're currently, pre- we're currently it, will not, it will not end well. And that's well, why we're not going that topic. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Getting you to rant. Nope. It's, well, let's just, let's just say um, 
Force Awakens was $2 billion US for the box office. Last Jedi, $1.32 billion box office. So there, there, there's, there's more than enough money, even with 100,000 people who aren't happy with it. Even um, Rogue One was over a billion dollars. So Disney's making money. People are, people are enjoying the movies. So. It, it, I don't know. I I just hope the I just hope the next next Star Wars movie will just repair the damage from the Last Jedi. That's all I'm gonna say. And now we know the DJ's opinion on it and whether he signed <laughs> that petition or not. Yeah, he, he I think he wanted me to sign it and then he started telling me stuff about it and I just yeah. <laughs> I think I scared him with my response. Because <laughs> there's nothing wrong with Star Wars. Go away, really? you Marvel hippie. Really? I could come up with some, I could come up with some points. No. Yeah, but no, would they no, be valid right. and worth listening to? No. <laughs> uh, Has the DJ ever said anything worth listening to? No. No. Is he saying anything worth listening to now? I don't know. I can't uh, hear him. Silence is golden. Oh, I don't know. Oh, he's worked it out. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yep. All right. So let's, let's move along before we end up having to shoot the dj even though that would be fun um <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in the media lately about the mass shoot about the, the shootings and all that in, at the school and the protests and there's a lot of narrow-minded idiots talking about the fact that they're related to video games and violent video games etc um but research is showing that it's completely opposite who was it that Brought this article out. That was that, that was would be me. You actually brought me something worth reading for a change too. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So apparently, a psychologist uh, has researched saying that eighty percent of mass shooters did not show an interest in violent video games. Well, it just says in video games here. No interest in no. Yeah. So in other so, words, if you see a, if you see a child playing a video game, especially if it's Call of Duty or something like that. They're not likely to become a mass shooter. Pretty much. Uh, he's also he also pointed out it seems like that should make us safer safer. So it's totally so it's a totally understandable reaction. Uh, he further points out the problem is just the science. The data does not back up that they actually have an effect. So oh, that's um is it doctor or professor Markey? Uh, Patrick Markey. Uh, it says pa psychologist Patrick Markey. So. Yeah, but he teaches at one of the universities in America. Um, um, he's a professor, Dr. Patrick Markey, professor of psychology, um, director of the Interpersonal Research Laboratory at Villanova University. So, Dr. Patrick. Well, he's he's a professor of psychology, not just it. So he's he's a doctor, but he's also a professor in the academic sense. He's mm -hmm. achieved he's achieved the hallowed rank. Um, so yeah, he's actually written a book on the subject as well mm. called Moral Combat, and it's based on actual scientific research. Um, link, so, for this, uh, link for this uh, for this book will be provided as soon as the show is over. Yeah, he actually he, he has a book that he's co-authored called Moral Combat. It's available online on Amazon, and you can get it on your Kindle. Um, and it's but, provided before the show is over because you're not watching this live. Yes, it's available now. Scroll down to the topics section. And there's a link to the Amazon page where you can buy the book. <laughs> and I have to say, I actually, I, I kind of respect him because one, 
I've studied psychology, so I know how hard it is. And two, he's based research on facts about video games, and he's saying these politicians and the media are all a bunch of numbskulls. But what do you think about the whole, like, even with this backed-up data, <clears throat> even with all this data, pol- the people, the victims are all going to say, oh, that's just propaganda, and Trump, uh, our, our dear old Trump will say, I'm still going to meet these video representatives and say that your video, violent video games are causing this. And you'll probably get the video game makers um, reaching into their pocket and bringing their hand out and flipping in the bird and say, yeah, you're an idiot. Go check the, go check the facts. Uh, but yeah, the, the easiest, easiest response to this is the time old adage of what was Attila the Hun playing? Paul Stalin. Or Hitler, playing. Stalin, Pol Pot. I don't, I don't, don't think these guys were playing violent video games and they were pretty vicious and so forth. What was Harold Bluetooth playing when he came across and impacted war on Europe and committed mass murders in the name of invasion? What was William the Conqueror playing when he invaded England? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you right now, anyone who says fighting with a sword is the gentlemanly age, I hate to break it to you, but stabbing you with a foot of steel or crushing you with a foot of, with a foot of steel doesn't tend to cut through. Those, the swords that the English knights were using and the European knights were using weren't sharp as a razor. They were just a sharp beveled edge. Yes, a sharp a razor sharp edge doesn't do a very good job breaking through armor. Not no, it was m- more of a 30 degree angle uh, or a 45 degree angle on a lot of the swords. And um, yes, that's more of a crushing blow than a slicing blow. But back to the back to the story though. What what strikes me is how the pol- how the attorneys are seeing all this. Ah, uh, yeah, there was. I remember seeing something earlier on today about some stupid politician um, in America jumping up and down and saying about, oh no, it's video games are behind it all, and yeah. But like, one, one thing that strikes me is how I like how the, how all these ideologues and politicians and media personalities are all saying that. Oh, something that people use as to relax themselves is is now inspiring inspiring these people to kill to kill others. That that's insane. That's like saying, oh, I I had a bad day playing Candy Crush. Okay, I am going to have a ma- murderous massacre. Well, actually, looking at the demographics of people who play Candy Crush, Crush, it's actually more likely that they're going to be a mass murderer. <laughs> yeah, but how many of them will actually go? <laughs> yeah, but how many of them will actually go into the middle of a city hall and say like, "Oh, this Candy Crush game sucks. I'm going to kill everyone because of it." Well, considering the fact that I know that a lot of the people I know who do play that are middle-aged ladies with teenage children, I that wouldn't put it past them. Almost all are middle-aged ladies. That's the uh, the market of Candy Crush. Ah, so the DJs now, oh, DJ, don't you play that? No. I thought you played that. Of course that. he denied. Or she. <laughs> Your disguise has failed. Um, we haven't... Also, at the present time, we also haven't received any requests for entry into the competition to win a date with the DJ, by the way, folks. <laughs> Please don't leave him hanging. That's been the problem for most of his life. <laughs> My God. And as we said, as long as you're as long as you're human, we don't care whether you're male or female. Honestly, are we that worried about being human? Well, just only on the legal ramifications. Fair enough. 
We normally get in trouble for cruelty to animals. <laughs> oh, you too, you too. That was a good band. Yeah, before uh, b- before Bono decided to become a a showman himself and. No, it wasn't the showman part of it. it. Was more the fact that he went on to do the whole. Um, he was the savior of the world. That's what Bob Geldof said before he started all the live apes. Yeah, well, Bob Geldof got some interesting drugs, I think, somewhere along the line. All right, let's, let's call it. Really? Who's yeah. hosting the show this week? Oh, it's you. <laughs> it is. Well, Are uh, you sure? Actually, before 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 um actually before we go on, I w- I do want to say this though. All these moments, like the gaming, in terms of gaming, we had with the loot boxes, and now with the violent video games. Do you call, do you think all these moments are big watershed moments that's going to affect gaming in the long run? Yeah, the loot boxes. I don't yeah. expect there to be a huge blowback from the violence connection because we've been arguing this for twenty years, and it just doesn't change. It used used to be violent TV shows and cartoons. Now Before they're blaming violent comics. Oh, yeah, yes. It's just the the latest thing to beat up because we're not kowtowing to what they want. We're it's let's blame this because well we don't enjoy it and it's easier to blame that rather than actually go look at the fact. So when you've got scientific research that shows that violent video games aren't connected to violent behavior and that you still have idiots trying to say oh no it is yeah well that's the thing though like when like you look at um shops like target for example when they banned the gta because of violence towards women and because of violence and people were saying there is no there is no correlation yet (laughs) the other side is saying there is violence and yet the yet big companies had to kowtow to them like okay we stop selling we'll stop selling um gta in our shops do you think we'll have it we'll ever have that scenario in place no because there's companies that don't care about bowing to whatever the latest panic is and will continue to sell products like gta and and most of us nerds look at the reality and the truth of what's happening and base our decisions upon that rather than just well generally not upon the stupid hype of some idiot i agree with you so yes um so yeah definitely folks get get your entry in to win a date with dj for valentine's day next year he he will be taking you out for dinner somewhere <laughs> we don't know where yet it won't be maccas though or kfc <laughs> we have to we have to get him away from kfc <laughs> oh, yeah God. it's not good for his circuit the grease just really yeah. clogs stuff up but, every now but... and then you need to open them up and scrape it out yeah, but the it works well on my joints. Uh, I don't know. You you were squeaking a bit the other day when you're doing something in the other room. <laughs> oh, oh, anyways, um, don't say it. You're not hosting. It's not your show to end. I know, I know. And I'm I'm actually purposely just keeping it going now, folks, just because. Oh, I don't, I'm kind of teased, DJ. I'm not saying anything. I'm just looking oh, at. Oh, you said you're not saying anything, but you kept talking. Well, folks, um, just like to say good night. Have a great week, and thanks for listening. It's goodbye from me. I'll see you next time. Have fun, guys. Cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.